So, all right, forgiveness of sin. Who has the authority to do it? Ooh, that'll get you thrown out of church. <laughs> I don't know if you heard Reuben, but he said everybody, which is really true. And uh, I'm going to go through, I'm going to just go through what your book says. Is that okay? And what it actually says and what, uh, what we've been taught it says, they're shockingly different and it's shockingly better. That's what I think is when you really grab hold of it, it's way better than what we were taught. And uh, there's nothing but good in the whole thing. That's what's so exciting when you actually see it for what it is. And, and uh, so anyway, let, let's start with sin. Because at least for me, how I was taught and growing up, sin consciousness, we were very good at pointing out what was wrong and they're in and they're out crowd and you know, judging people's behavior, etc. And sin literally just means, if you look it up, you know, Strong's and everything has, has taken their, their legalistic and, uh, yeah, really legalistic interpretation. And, you know, Strong's obviously has some problems. They had separation and everything, how he wrote. But uh, they made it about behavior and moral failure and pointing it out. And, and sin literally, in its purest definition, just means missing the mark. And so, like Steve and anybody military, you guys know what a marksman is, right? They would have marksman's badge. I'm sure you had to have one as a ranger and different things. But basically, you're, if you're shooting, whether it's bow and arrow or a rifle or pistol, you hit the target. You're, you're, you're hitting what you're aiming at. That was hitting the mark in Scripture. Does that make sense to you guys? Like a, a bullseye, and if you're hitting the target, you're hitting the mark. And so sin literally is not about moral affairs. It's not behavior, how the writers wrote about it. Now, we've taken it that, but it's not. Because there's literally, if we read Romans, how much judgment is in, in Christ? None. Zero. That's really shocking for people. Like, no judgment. How much is in no? None. Right? None. It's really a fascinating thing. And, and uh, what I'm finding out is Scripture is so shockingly good. If, you, if, if you're not called a blasphemer, you're obviously not doing it right, in my opinion. Like, because Jesus was criticized as a blasphemer everywhere, which would go through some of the Scriptures. Because... It literally says, you have been given the authority to forgive sin on earth, and it's your job to do it. That's our whole goal. Is to, so what do we do when somebody's, um, and it really is learning to do this, is, uh, is learning to see Christ in every human being on the planet versus their behavior versus what's going on. And it's not just this uh, soft, oh, I forgive you, brother, that kind of thing that we all grew up with. I'll pray for your brother. I forgive you. That's not what it is at all. It literally is this idea that, oh, I see them not in their fullness because everybody's true nature is eternal. Everybody's true nature is the spirit of God himself, is it not? Like if we take scripture, it's like pureness. It's, it's, we all have the seed of Christ in us and it's pure, it's eternal. It never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we mess up, you know, me, me included, where we're missing that mark of perfect love, we're just missing the mark. The goal is to be Christ, one with that and in, operate and see everyone and everything in pure love. And when we don't do it, we're just missing the mark, but there's no judgment in it. That's what's really fascinating. Now, here's the really cool part to me. It's not just, oh, Ashley, I forgive you, or no, I don't want to do that because there's nothing I've had to forgive her. You probably had to forgive me for some things. <laughs> so I'll use me as the bad guy. So um, if I've blown it, forgiveness, true forgiveness is not to point out my failure. Now, I've seen just crazy stuff happen in church where they drag somebody up here and show their moral failure before the whole church because they read it in Scripture and they're just misinterpreting the whole thing. Like, wouldn't that be bad? Like, it'd just be bad to me, you know? And, and I remember when, you know, the church we were involved in before and there was a moral failure and people were calling me going, do you believe this happened? I go, yeah, I, yes. Are you human? Like, things happen, right? 
And what I was reminding them is I said, you know, this is on Fox News. Aren't you happy you got to be restored? Your, your correction, whatever you wanted to call it, was not on Fox News. I'm glad, like not all my stuff. And they were like, oh, I never thought about that. I look at it totally different now. That's still true to me. It's like, hey, we're not, we're not supposed to do any of that. What true forgiveness is, is if I've blown it, if Ashley truly wants to forgive me, I don't care how bad it is, how tragic it is, how much I've wronged her, true forgiveness would actually seeing me completing Christ as if it never happened. Now that's not ignoring it or denying that it happened. It literally rearranges my heart and her heart so we feel the sting's not there. It feels like it didn't happen. It's really real. That's, that's really fascinating. We'll go through some of the scriptures of what it looks like. And so when, when you get that, it's easy to go, oh, they just, they believe something wrong about their lives about themselves, typically they have guilt or shame or because they've been taught it and uh, they're operating out of that. And it's so easy for me now to go, oh, to catch myself, go, oh, you know what? I know I have the authority to forgive sin, which is see them exactly how I wanted myself to be. So what do we all want to be, guys? We all want to be free. We want to be loved. It's all fruit of the spirit stuff, right? Philippians and, and all Paul's writings. It's we want to be free. We want to be loved. We want to be abundant. We want to be whole. We want to be full of joy. Like some of the things that Ashley was talking about is it's the same things over and over we deal with, isn't it? It's, it's really relational, um, financial health, really, if we want to get down to it. It's all because relational involves everything, the joy or lack of joy and everything else. So what's really cool, guys, is he's given us the authority to do it for ourselves as well as others. And it literally changes their life if you do it. You get to change their life. So that's fun to me. So sin is not this. When I'm talking about sin, let's just get that straight. Because some people think like, um, so are you saying this happened because they have sin in their life? Not at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if somebody's sick and their goal is not to be sick, they're sinning. They're missing the mark. That's all it means in scripture. Does that help you guys? So I don't even like to use the word because it's so, we're so sin conscious of it, but going, oh, you know what? True, true forgiveness would be to see them how we really want them. And when we do, the, here's, the, here's the fruit. When you actually believe it, it's working, you get full of joy. Because somebody had just asked me some questions like, how long? They, let's, let's address this right now because this question comes up all the time. Do I have to do it once or keep doing it? Well, what, what's the alternative? You do it once and then just think the old way the whole other time? Like, what, what are we doing, right? Like, that's silly to me, actually. So, because it's, I know they're trying to do it versus be versus if you actually believed that when I see some, let's, let's just take somebody that's in poverty, for instance. We do things for them. We, we're compassionate for them. We help them. We do all these things. But the most powerful thing you and I could do is see abundance effortlessly starting to happen in their life, where we see them how we would want to be. So does anybody like to be poor? It's like not fun, is it? No, it's, I say I've had money and not had it, and it's more fun to have it. Like, at least for me, <laughs> maybe not for you guys, but it's fun to it's fun to be abundant and give and and invest and do, do things right and create and and just have fun with it, knowing that there's this ever flowing flow that nothing's ever lost in the kingdom. It's just rearranged. So and you can rearrange it back to however you want it, which is really fun to me. So anyway, let's just get into the scripture so you don't think I'm crazy, okay? Um, well, that's okay. You need to forgive me, right? All right, so Mark 2.10, is Mark in your Bible? It's in yours, right? Okay, let's see what it says versus what we've been taught. So you, oh, here, let, let me give you, I, I shared this last week in the, 
um, just a short little service I did over Fourth of July weekend. <clears throat> but it's the narrative is the paralytic um, is lowered in through the roof of the four men. Carry, it says carried by four men. I want you to the minute you start reading scripture. I'm really excited about how people are getting this all over the world, actually, though, all the emails and everything. And so immediately start thinking, what does this mean to, to uh, Eastern thought? What does four mean? What does three mean? What does two mean? What does eight mean? What does nine mean? What does seven? You see the numbers keep repeating in Scripture, don't you? 40, well, how come it's not 41? 40 days and 49. How come it's not 41? Like, it's always 40 or 400 and all these things. So four to a Hebrew, every time you see it, it's like the four corners of the earth. So what it literally means is, if we're only ruled by what we see with the four, the four corners of the earth, which was the physical realm, if we're only ruled by that, we're paralyzed, aren't we? Like if we only look at what's going on, um, all you have to do is watch the news at night and you'll get paralyzed. Just going, oh my God, like everything's falling apart, right? It's global warming. It's July. We used to call it July. Now it's global warming. But uh, <laughs> we, just, we used to just call it, man, it's hot and humid. Now it's global warming something. It's just silliness to me. But uh, if we look at just the physical, we are paralyzed is what it's trying to talk about. We, we, we feel like we can't do anything. We see all the imagery in there again. It's like arise, rise up and all the different things in that. So the paralyzed one is you and I. Don't, don't always look at it as like we're trying to, we're trying to like throw their crutches in the corner, which happens. It does happen, but that's not really what it's even talking about. It's talking about if you're not walking by faith, if you're, if you're constantly just carried around by what's going on here, you're not Israel. You haven't, you haven't become the man who rules as God yet. We're not living into our full potential as sons of God and one with him. So <clears throat> to walk as sheep, as I've shared with you before, literally just, it's so funny because when you look at scripture, it doesn't say sheep like, like you're shearing a sheep. It means someone who walks backwards. That'd be good to know, right? Like, so I, that's where I, I like my friend Brad is, if we're going to take it literally, where do you stop? Because it talks about sheep and goat nations, and I love how Brad says it. He goes, well, I'm not a sheep or a goat. The sheep and goats are screwed, but I'm, I'm cool because I'm not a sheep or a goat, right? I just laugh out loud when he says that kind of stuff because, like, where do you separate the literalness from? And I remember that's what got me down this road is the mega church I was attending. I asked him, and I was like, well, you can't believe that. That's not true. And so Stephen Kath probably knew me the best at that time, just a little ornery, right? And I'm going, I'm a busy business guy, man. I don't have time to screw around like you guys do all day. Just tell me which parts I should read and which parts aren't literal to me then, because I only want the good stuff. And they're like, well, we can't look at it that way. I go, where's your divider? Like, they can't tell you. They, they cannot tell you. Where is it literal and where is it not? Can they ask them? You'll be just as frustrated as I. I start getting frustrated. I need to forgive them. So <laughs> I'm getting frustrated even thinking about it because I remember thinking like, you guys are the pros and you suck at this. Like you don't have an answer. I want an answer. Don't you want an answer? Like I do. Well, we just don't know God. No, I'm one with him. I should know it, right? I should, I should have an answer for everything. Here's really, it's really true. You will have an answer for everything if you believe you will. If you believe it and just go, you see yourself getting the answer where you're, you just wake up one morning and, and God's confirming it in your heart and it just drops, it'll happen to you. I promise. It happens over and over and over. So if I don't know anything, I go to sleep because I'll screw it up in my own effort. I just go to sleep. I was like, oh, so I see myself enjoying the answer and going, God, I knew it. And a day or two, it's always in a couple days, like 4 a.m., I wish he would do 6, so I'm starting to see myself like 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, it is nice to go to the bathroom then, but 
But I'm like, you could wait till six to drop it in my heart, God. So I'm starting to see that. I'm like, oh, you're so good. You even give me two more hours to sleep. Thank you. So, and Barb's over there snoring and enjoying herself. I'm like going, what? Jeez, what is this deal? So what did I do? I must have sin in my life. He's waking me up at four. What did I do wrong, God? No, it's not, it's not about that at all. So anyway, <clears throat> so the story is about that, all right? And then all of a sudden, they're talking about faith. And so let's get back into the narrative here. But they say that... But so that, and he goes, hey, your sins are forgiven. And then they're all, the religious crowd is all upset, blasphemy, everything else in John 2. And then he says, you know, what's harder to say your sins are forgiven or to pick up your mat and walk? And then he gets to this point. But so that you may know that the son of man, this is the key part of that. We read it capitalized. It's not. It's, It's a Greek word, anthropos, which means every human being on the planet. So that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, here's the whole point. I want you to realize you have the ability to forgive sins. Because it's harder to tell somebody to pick up your mat and walk. So he goes, if I can do this, I'm showing you, you can do that. Everybody with me? So man, I love it. You can go look at any concordance and it'll tell you what it is. Man right there. Um, this is the same word, anthropos, when, when uh, Jesus in the narrative is talking to Peter and he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? You know, who do the crowd say that I am? He says, some Elijah, some, you know, John the Baptist, come again. And uh, he says, but who do you say that I am? Who is the son of man? That was the question. Who is the son of Anthropos? It's the same word. And Peter's answer is the son of, are you guys son of a man or a male, of a, male and female, every one of you here? Yeah, you came out of your mother's womb, right? So you're a son of a man, literally mankind, one of the human race is what it says. And he says, anybody who is of the human race is the son of God. The question was, who is any human being that's born of a woman? And Peter's answer was, the son, anybody who's born of a woman, the son of Anthropos, is the son of God. And Jesus didn't correct him. What did he do? Peter, you're the first one to get it. And the whole church will be built on that truth. He, he's, we, if you teach this now in a normal church, like you guys aren't normal, thank you, God. You, that, they would say it's blasphemy, but it's what Peter was recognized for. He was going, this is the truth that the whole world is missing, right? Every human being is born of God. And, and it's so simple to me now, but when you're indoctrinated, it's tough. I just look at it so simply now. Where's the only source of life? The religious guys are like, God, like real religious, right? Okay. Are they alive or are they dead? Well, they're alive. Well, then where do they get their life? Well, not God. I'm so thankful I'm not schizophrenic anymore. Like <laughs> the scriptures actually make sense to me when you actually do it. It's so Anthropos Strong's is a man, one of the human race. That sounds like most of you, doesn't it? I really love helps word studies. Helps word studies is great. If you go to Bible hub and you click on it, you'll see the Strong's definition. You can go look up Thayer's, all the different things. I really love helps. You'll see it helps there right below it. And it says Anthropos relates to both genders. So when it says man, he's not talking about gender specific. Women, you're included in all this. Male and female, as both are created in the image of God. I love this next part. Each equally vested, every one of you equally vested with individual personhood and destiny. Accordingly, the Bible uses 444, anthropos, of a specific man, woman, or class of people. Mankind in general, inclusive of every man, woman, and child. So every human being, inclusive of every man, woman, and child, 
has been given authority to forgive sins on earth. Now, doesn't it make sense that we would have to if he's given us his kingdom within, if he's given us his role, rule, and reign, if we are one with him, not four, not three, not two, one, whole. We're one with him. And the same glory that was given to Jesus has been given to you. If that's true, then this has to be true. As he, we know all the scriptures, as he is, equally so are we, right? Well, then that had to be true. He's not talking about only Jesus walking around thousands of years ago. He's talking about this story is about you. He's given you his royal rule and reign, the ability to forgive sin on earth. If we truly believe this, this is life-changing stuff to me. The more, I'm under, the more it's like getting in me, like the prayer team, I'm like, I get fired up about this stuff. I'm like, oh, let's go to work, man. Let's, like, let's do this thing. And it's not this long, laborious pray in tongues until we're frothing. None of that. It's, it's, simply, it's simply knowing who we are and going, like when Ashley does this, I see this vine and I see everything connected. Trust me, it's a done deal. It's coming because she's persuaded in her heart. She knows who she is, and it's going to happen. I'm trying to tell you, you're all the same. And if a knuckleheaded Polish kid from Iowa can get this, I think you can get it. Because I'm sometimes like, oh, thank you, Lord, that you make it easy for me, because I don't like to study hard. Like, <laughs> so just give it to me. That's the best way. Inherit, right? Just get it for free. So anyway, isn't that cool? Every man, woman, and child, inclusive of every man, woman, and child, so that you may know. You have it. I've given you my royal and reign. We good on that? All right. So what does that mean? It would mean this. Uh, let's go to the next slide because it, John gives us the same idea. So, <clears throat> so here's the whole narrative again too. He's like, I breathed on you and gave you the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think it's falling down and being slain. And guys, you had the, the set apart spirit from birth. It's just becoming aware that you had it. Christ was in every human. You cannot be alive without his breath, without his spirit. The Holy Spirit means I realize I have the kavot and glory of God. I'm one with him. That's where you're like, I'm set apart. I'm God's highest creation. That's really Holy Spirit. Follow me? All right. So, so that whole narrative, he says, breathes on them. And he says, if you forgive anyone his sins, he's telling the, the disciples, and I'll talk about that here again. It actually doesn't even say that. It says the 12. And I'll share with that again, just a reminder what that 12 is. If you, if you so he's talking to his group here. He's if you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. He's given this ability to man again here. He's like, if you guys do this, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it's withheld. So who has the ability to withhold and forgive sin? They do. We do. And it says to the 12. And again, go look at 12. Because we just, our brain, because we've been taught this, these stories are not about us. We've been taught about history. Like it's these guys running around, you know. Even Strong says, it's not about 12 guys running around. It's double entendre. It's duodeco in Greek. It means the two in the 10. Two is in the house, inside, the finished work inside. It says the finished work inside you withholds or forgives sin. That's what he's saying. Doesn't that sound like we've been given the authority to forgive sin on earth? Now, let's get into the good stuff. What does it actually mean? So it'd be this. <clears throat> oh man, if you get this. So, I've used this example before, but I think it's really real. Like the whole world um, is interesting. I don't remember. I, sorry, I forget your name. I met somebody at Costco yesterday and like, hey, Pastor Mike. And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> I just meet so many people. I don't know who you are. So, 
And he was, he was talking about it. And he's like, man, I, I totally get it. It's like, God hides himself in you so that way Christians can't find him. I go, I know, that's so silly, isn't it? Like, it's the last place they'd ever look, right? Because they're looking for him to show up here, aren't they? And even all the whole, it's like, no, 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 I'm in you. And I, I'm in you. Like, no, I go, well, it's just perfect. So they can't find him because he's in you. But it would be like this. Everybody's still waiting for God to show up, not realizing he's one with you. So how we used to think about it would be, it's like, say somebody's... Um, Say somebody has got a health issue and how most of us, how we were taught is if we all of a sudden saw Jesus like float up here, right? And then go, you're completely whole. If we saw God do it, we would believe it, wouldn't we? Like, oh, if only God would give me a word, if only God would say something to me, if only God would do this. The scriptures say, prophesy over yourself. You do it because it's been given to you. What we haven't connected is whether I say it or God says it, it's the same effect. Because it's one. That's what he's trying to say. I've hidden my glory in you. And the whole goal is to learn who you are. So if God showed up, every one of us, if all of a sudden God became visible, and actually scripture says nobody's seen him. Nobody. That does something to our theology, actually. Like, what are we believing? It says nobody's seen him. Well, no, so people saw him. Like, Read it closely again. It says nobody's seen him. What does that do? To me, it fires me up because I start to get it. It's like, oh my God, it's way better than I thought. So, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. We would believe if God somehow showed up here and he has. Like when you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, who have you seen? The fullness of God in a body is what God says. That, that encourages me, as I've shared with you, because I wake up and I go, oh, it's you again. <laughs> then, you, then I remind myself, oh, wait a minute. It's the fullness of God in me. Thank you, Lord. It actually gets me back excited. So don't you have to remind yourself every now and then? I do, right? So he has shown up in a body and is you, which is really cool. But if we have this idea of God and he showed up and he says, you know what, from this day forward, you're going to hear me perfectly. You're going to be completely whole in every part of you. You're going to be complete joy overflowing. You're going to display my splendor in anything you touch, whether it's business, your job, your marriage, anything you touch, you will display my splendor from this day forward. We would all believe it and go, that was God. I'm trying to get you to get that you can do that over yourself. And we're called to do it over yourself. So forgiveness of sin or retaining sin is this. Um, we, we were, how I was taught, we were very good at retaining sin, meaning that we would see somebody missing the mark. We would see somebody not abundant, not in full health, um, maybe made some bad choices, whatever. I've made a couple. You? Um, and then we'd point it out. Going, oh, that's retaining sin. What we've done is we've, walked by sight and not by faith. We've seen the physical senses. We're paralyzed by it. So <clears throat> it would be, so if somebody, um, we get this, we, we get this in the prayer team. I know I asked you, you do too with your business is, uh, please pray for me. All the, <laughs> and mentally I have to go, blah, 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 blah. I'm trying to not hear all that stuff because I have to consciously now not visualize any of that, but it's tough, isn't it? it, it if, if I, if I came up here and said, 
My left toe is infected. Where does your mind naturally go? I wonder what's up with his toe, man. <laughs> Don't you? All of a sudden, you start, all of these things start going through your mind. That's retaining sin. So if somebody came to us and they, they give us this tragic news about some health thing, whatever, and we go, oh my God, that's terrible. That's retaining sin. Meaning we've retained their missing their mark. We're not acting as the one who rules as God. Does that make sense to you? Forgiveness of sin is this, which is why I'm trying to get all of you guys that send in your prayer request, whatever. It sounds like the simplest thing in the world, but man, it's hard for people to understand. Don't tell me what's wrong. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? Because now we know what their goal is. We know what the mark is that they're trying to hit. And we can see them hitting their mark. When you get that every one of you can simply go, okay, I've just heard this bad news. I'm going to forgive them of their sin, which is simply this. We see them exactly how we would want them to be, completely whole in Christ, completely loved in Christ, completely abundant in Christ. Everything they touch starts to work. And we're blown away that we have this ability to do it. That's forgiveness of sin. Because if you can continue to go in John, it says, you know, the religious crowd's like, that's blasphemy, whatever. Then they're like, oh my God, we're all amazed that we have this ability. I'm trying to get you to be amazed that you have this ability. And just start to try it because it actually works, doesn't it? It's so fun. I mean, there's, how much effort do we put into this? Like zero, right? I know if I'm trying to do it, I'm screwing it up. Versus, I know, guys, when you simply see in the holiest of holies, you are the tabernacle of God. You are the temple. You can see exactly how you want it to be. And that's enough. That is a godly act in the holiest of holies. And it will come to pass. That's forgiveness of sin. So if we see somebody in poverty, yeah, like I said, we give them compassion. We help them out with inspiring the different things we do. Yeah, that's very good to do. But our real goal, as I've told you a million times, is to get into their life a little bit. And also to see them abundant, whole, prospering and knowing I'm affecting them and that will actually come to pass. What I see in the holiest of holies is God himself doing the work, God himself putting everything together. He's rearranging everything. If it takes all 7 billion people in the world to make it happen, it happens. I don't know how. It says we know not how and it's not our job to know how. He gives to his beloved in their sleep. We simply go to bed knowing we did it. Not like we did it, like, oh, I did it. It's like, the awesomeness of, I've placed myself in you. I've hidden myself in you. I'm one with you. I want you to get my glory that I've given you. You, all of you guys are for the display of him, the display of his splendor. Does that help you? So um, whether it's kids or whether it's relational, whatever. Yeah. So if you're going through something, true forgiveness is, I'm going to start to see it exactly how I want it, knowing that that's enough to rearrange it and bring it to pass. And it's God himself doing it because we're one with him and he's making it happen simply by giving us his glory. Simply by doing what we do in the holiest of holies, which is between these two cerebrums. I simply picture it and it starts to come to pass. We know not how, but I'm more confident in what I'm doing here now than what I'm seeing here because if I'm seeing here, I'm paralyzed. If you tell me all your junk, I have to unparalyze myself. I really have to go, okay. I'm going to see it exactly this way. And the, the less effort I put into it and just trust that what I just did was divine, the faster it happens, does it not? If we try pray too long, whatever, I'm like, no, we're blowing this thing. Come on. This takes like 10, 20 seconds. Once we start to feel like, oh, I can see them telling us how awesome their life is. I can see them telling us like, 
I don't know what your prayer team did, but it actually worked. That's what I do. You guys can all do your, because I can get into my happy place. I can feel joy really fast when I get your email. So that's what I do, because that's how I know most of you guys around the world, is I, I get your email, Ashley gets your email, whoever it is, and they go, oh, let me give you a, a, this kind of a testimony between Solomon and AJ. All of us can fall into this. So she, uh, she, Solomon was telling me this the other day, so she gets a call from her boss and says, hey, we need to talk to you tomorrow. Now, what's most of our minds thinking? Oh, jeez, what did I do now? <laughs> At least I used to think that, like, oh, boy. And I start going, oh, what did I do? Oh, he caught me doing that. Oh, man, he caught me leaving work. Oh, gee, now nah. Your brain starts going. And Solomon goes, stop, stop. Let's not let our imagination run down the road because our imagination is creative. It's the most creative thing you could ever do. He goes, let's see your boss telling you exactly how you want to be said. Like, you're the most amazing employee. We're going to give you a raise, all these different things. That's why your boss wants to see you. So... Next day, she calls after, after the, the meeting. She goes, Solomon, it's exactly what we imagined, even to the words that my boss told me. Woo-wee. That's the glory of God, isn't it? That's what we have. Isn't that cool? So does everybody get forgiveness of sins? That's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. So I'm not, it's not about behavior. It's not about any of that. Let's get off all of that. Let's see every human being as Christ in them, fully loved, fully complete, fully abundant. Let's see life like effortlessly flowing in their life, knowing that as we do that, it literally starts to come to pass. Then we're life changers. Amen. So I hope that helps guys. God bless. I got it. All right. Hi guys. I see you again. Uh, so I have four tonight. I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. <clears throat> so um, first and foremost, there's someone with um, an infection going on around their fingernails I just got a sense of a lot of pain and um, just a lot of self-consciousness around that. Um, And I just pictured your hand, and I just pictured the infection evaporating from your hands completely. And I I saw you feeling like getting dressed up nicely again, feeling really confident. Um, This next one is a a teenager. Um, And I just, right now, I feel the heaviness of a lot of insecurity going on. And... um, I just pictured you looking in the mirror with a revised reflection of yourself. And I just felt an overwhelming love for yourself washing over you and just cleansing away any false views that you have about who you are and, and what you look like. And I just um, specifically see you connecting with some more healthy friends who um, build you up and support you fully. This next one has really been coming to me a lot. Uh, there's someone who's just feeling really bored with their life. They're, they're happy, but they're just bored and just wanting some more excitement. Your kids are getting older. You're feeling like you need to reconnect with your interests. And I pictured you surrounded by God's love and peace of mind. Um, I see a new hobby and a couple of new friends coming around to enjoy time with you. And um, you are a rule follower, which is super cool. However, I am really prompted to acknowledge to you that life is meant to be enjoyed. and You don't always have to follow the rules very exactly, right? Um, let loose a little bit. Um, you have something in your heart that you've been wanting to do, and this, this desire keeps cropping up to you, and so it's time and important to allow that to break through, um, even though it may feel irresponsible. That's, that's something I need to say. Uh, lastly here, um, there's a couple here, and they're struggling in their marriage as a result of a little girl who passed away. Um, and uh, they put, you know, 
their life aside to focus on her health, and that's okay. So um, she and God want to encourage you not to give up. And I just pictured your marriage vine reconnecting and turning green, and I, I pictured big leaves coming from that vine. And then um, this is really cool. This this made me cry when I thought of this. I, I see a little boy with a red hat running around, and you two feeling... Oh, it's going to make me cry again. Very happy and content. The joy is, is tangible. 